Let's pray. God of love and life, we know that you are with us even now. And we pray that your spirit would move in us and around us to open us up, to open our ears and our eyes, our hearts and our minds, so that we might hear a word from you. And God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We're going to finish up our Wonderland series this morning. For the past five weeks, we've been looking at stories from the wilderness, Bibleness, Bible stories that happen in an ecosystem called the wilderness, a place where the necessities of life are lacking. In the wilderness, there is not enough, not enough food, not enough water, not enough shelter, not enough help if you get hurt, not enough. And of course, the wilderness isn't just a place, it's a part of life. We go through wilderness seasons in life, times of loss and grief, times of trouble and heartache, times when things go wrong and there's nothing we can do to fix it. And what we've discovered is that whether we're talking about wilderness stories in the Bible or wilderness seasons in life, at least three things are true. And if you're like me, if you're somebody who likes lists or reminders, or if you need some encouragement in this season, write these down because these are important to remember in every wilderness season. So here are three wilderness truths. First, God is in the wilderness. We sometimes imagine that if life is hard, if something bad happens, if things are going wrong, we sometimes imagine that God is absent in those times. And that's not true. It's just not true. God is with us in the wilderness. And that leads us to the second truth. God provides in the wilderness. This is a thing we learn only in the wilderness, only when our resources fail, only when we cannot do it on our own, are we able to discover that God provides strength and sustenance in wilderness seasons. This is the reason we talk about wilderness not as a wasteland, but as a wonderland. Because God provides everything we need in the wilderness so we can walk through the wilderness confidently. Maybe not comfortably, but confidently, knowing that God is guiding us, knowing that God will give us strength to take a step and then step again, to do the next right thing over and over and over. And now the third wilderness truth. The wilderness is a place for growth. It seems a bit paradoxical that anything could grow in in such a harsh landscape, that anything could grow in such a difficult season. Nevertheless, God uses the wilderness for our benefit, to grow our faith, to deepen our trust in God, to teach us that we can rely on God in every circumstance. And this is important because wilderness seasons don't last forever. And if we don't allow our faith to grow in the wilderness, when that season is over, we'll quickly fall into the bad habit of thinking we can do it all on our own. The wilderness is a place where our faith grows so that when we leave the wilderness, we can continue to seek God's guidance and to trust God's provision in every circumstance. The story we're going to read this morning comes from the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. And it actually doesn't take place in the wilderness at all. It's set in the city of Jerusalem. But it's the capstone for our wilderness series because it gives us some help in knowing how to live 
when we leave the wilderness. I think it might be particularly helpful at this point in our life together in September 2020. So let me set the stage here a little bit. For generations, the Israelites had been in exile. They'd been shipped off to a foreign land, kept in captivity. Jerusalem, the city at the center of their life together, had been ransacked and destroyed. Their whole world was essentially in ruins. This was a wilderness time for God's people. But it didn't last forever. Eventually, the exile ends. The people and their leaders are allowed to go home. They return to Jerusalem to rebuild first the temple, then the community, and then the walls surrounding the city. The Old Testament books of Ezra and Nehemiah tell that story of returning and rebuilding. It's the story of leaving the wilderness and building a new normal. So let's read from Nehemiah chapter 4. This is, the part of the st- this is part of the story of them rebuilding the wall. Nehemiah, one of the leaders, is speaking, and here's what he says. After I looked these things over, I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your kin, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. When our enemies heard that their plot was known to us, and that God had frustrated it, we all returned to the wall, each to his work. From that day on, half of my servants worked on construction, and half held the spears, shields, bows, and body armor. And the leaders posted themselves behind the whole house of Judah who were building the wall. The burden barriers carried their loads in such a way that each labored on the, wor- labored on the work with one hand, and with the other held a weapon. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. The man who sounded the trumpet was beside me. And I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, the work is great and widely spread out. And we are separated far from one another on the wall. Rally to us whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet. Our God will fight for us. So we labored at the work, and half of them held the spears from the break of dawn until the stars came out. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Teamwork makes the dream work. That's what I say to my kids all the time whenever we make progress on a puzzle together. Teamwork makes the dream work. Whenever we build a tower of blocks together, teamwork makes the dream work. Whenever we clean up a mess together, teamwork, I say, teamwork makes the dream work. I know it's cheesy, but I don't mind because it's also true. There are some things that are a whole lot easier when we work together. There are some things that are a whole lot more fun when we work together, and there are some things that can happen only if we work together. For Nehemiah and his fellow Israelites, rebuilding the wall was a a massive project, and the only way they would succeed is if they all worked together. I think that's true for us too as we navigate the months ahead. It's a massive undertaking to build a new normal as a family, as a church, as a community. It's a massive undertaking to do that anytime, particularly in the midst of a global pandemic that's not going away anytime soon. And the only way it works is if we work together. So for the rest of our time this morning, I want to highlight an inconvenient reality that Nehemiah faced and how the Israelites working together overcame it. Because we face that same inconvenient reality today here in September 2020. And I think we can learn from this story 
how to overcome it, how to move forward, and how each day to do the next right thing. When the Israelites began to rebuild the wall around Jerusalem, they they did so in less than ideal circumstances. Uh, That was the inconvenient reality. Conditions were not ideal for starting a large building project. They didn't have enough money. They didn't have the right supplies. They didn't have enough people. There were enemies outside who kept attacking. There were people inside who were bickering and couldn't get along. The conditions were not ideal. But there was work to do. It's the same for us. These are less than ideal conditions in our world. Things are less than ideal right now. The coronavirus continues its rampage around the globe, and it's frightening. It's frightening because places that felt safe can become hot spots in what seems like overnight. There's violence and unrest in cities all throughout our nation. There's a, a racial awakening and reckoning that's leading both to positive change and also to deeper divisions. There's extreme political polarization that, that leaves people uncertain what to believe and who to trust. To say that conditions aren't ideal is the understatement of the year. But There's work to do in our families, as our church, and in our community. So here's how the Israelites overcame that challenge and moved forward with the work. I think it's a model for us, too. They were faithful, they were focused, and they were flexible. They were faithful. When Nehemiah stands up to give his speech, did you notice where he starts? Don't be afraid, he says. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. This is where we, too, must begin as we emerge from the wilderness and build a new normal in our homes, in our church, and in our community. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord who provided for us in the wilderness, who led us through the wilderness, who grew our faith in the wilderness. In each and every work ahead, we must seek first to be faithful to God. They were faithful and they were focused. The Israelites had a very clear purpose, rebuild the wall and do it while protecting the city from enemies. And we get a sense several times in the story just how focused they were on fulfilling that purpose. Half of them worked on building while the other half stood guard and then they switched. The people hauling stones hauled stones with one hand and held a sword with the other. They worked from dawn until the stars came out. We, likewise, must be focused, focused on the work that God has given us to do here at the corner of Bel Air and Newcastle. It's not as simply defined as building a wall, but we have a clear purpose as a church, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And starting next week, we're going to spend some time digging into that, focusing on that work of making disciples and how we can do it now, given the realities of this year. They were faithful, they were focused, and they were flexible. This flexibility shows up in a few different ways. They learned how to do new things. People who used to be bakers learned how to be builders because that was the work that needed to be done. They learned also how to do old things in a new way. People who had been stonemasons learned to do that same work while holding a spear in one hand. And they were ready to adjust. They were ready to adjust what they were doing in order to meet the need of the whole community. 
If one section of the wall began to fall apart, they'd blow a trumpet and people would drop what they were doing and run to help. If the enemy attacked in one place, they'd blow a trumpet and the people would know, the people would know to drop what they were doing, as important as it was, and rally in that place where they were needed. They were faithful, they were focused, they were flexible. This is what I hope our church will be in the months ahead as we continue to build a new normal in ministry, experimenting with in-person experiences while also deepening digital engagement. Faithful. I hope we will be faithful, seeking to honor God in everything we do, remembering that God provides abundantly, not in the wilderness only, but in every circumstance. Focused. I hope we will be focused on the work of making disciples and of growing as disciples so that the world might be transformed, made better, made more like God intends it to be flexible. I hope we will be flexible. And if there's one thing we've been learning to do, it's be flexible. We're learning how to do new things. We're learning how to do old things in new ways. And what I hope is that we will be constantly looking for the opportunity to maybe drop what we had been doing so that we can serve where we are needed. Faithful, focused, flexible. That's how we'll approach ministry together. And I wonder if you might take some encouragement and some guidance from Nehemiah this morning. Conditions aren't ideal to do much of anything these days, but if you seek to be faithful and focused and flexible, you can do the work that God has given you. It's the same work that God has given to every Christian, to be a bearer of light in the darkness, to be a beacon of hope in the midst of despair, to be a witness to the good news that Christ, who was dead, is alive again and with us now. Friends, as we move forward into the future, may we be faithful, focused, and flexible. Let's pray. God of grace and God of glory, on your people pour your power so that we might be bound together in your love and empowered for your work in the world. God, remind us of your goodness, remind us of your greatness, remind us of your faithfulness in every circumstance. And God, show us how to be faithful to you, how to be focused on Christ, and how to be flexible in living out the gospel each day. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen.